Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You may already know that the Football Ramble have teamed up with audible.co.uk to offer you a free audiobook of your choosing when you sign up for a free one-month trial at audible.co.uk slash footballramble. So if you want Why England Lose by Simon Cooper and Stefan Szymanski, I Partridge by Alan Partridge, or The Football Men, Up Close with the Giants of the Modern Game by Simon Cooper, then sign up at audible.co.uk slash footballramble, or choose from a range of about 60,000 other titles. The 30-day free trial means you can choose a free audiobook, which is yours to keep, whether or not you decide to cancel in the trial period. Go to audible.co.uk slash footballramble and sign up now. Hello, mate. Um, can you give us a ring back? Um, I'm, in, I'm in a room... There's, uh, there's, <laughs> I think I messed this up a bit, mate. Uh, look, give us a ring back, mate. Um, I, I met some people and they, they were part of something that I didn't, uh, I'm in a room now. <laughs> Saturday's show. Uh, gentlemen, we're in Kiev. It's a lovely time. So what is your favourite thing about Kiev will be the opening question. Go. Uh, the, the, my favourite thing I've seen since we've been here, and we've discussed this on the show before, that we know in Europe, um, certain countries, um, dogs, household pets, family pets, are allowed to sort of leave the family home at night, meet, out, meet up with their mates, just sort of hang out, run around. We saw it happen. Yeah. We saw this phenomenon live. For me, that's like swimming with dolphins or something like that. <laughs> I've, I've dreamt of seeing this happen for a long, long time. They were so happy. Weren't they? But don't they were go, having a great time. Don't go as close to them as you would with dolphins. No, that would be at least keep a, a street width. Yeah, distance no, from them. I was happy to let them just sort of get on with whatever it's adventure they had. It's like the dog stag do. They were <laughs> they were having such a lovely time. You mate. never see it in England. Ever. No, but we should bring that to Britain. Let your pets go out and act like cats. <laughs> Magnificent scenes. Yeah, Luke. Um, I've got a, a few things really. I'm, I'm obviously delighted to be here just anyway, but um, the pubs don't close. Ever. So that's good. That's good. We were in a 24 hour one. Yeah. Uh, and also, what, what they do, you can order with, with your beer here, they serve up these big strips of sort of soft pig fat seasoned with garlic and salt, which you eat with your beer. 
and it's just I just can't imagine that in, in the UK better than pork scratchings it, like a soft cold weird version of pork scratchings mm. <laughs> yeah so that's, I, I thought that was very interesting I wasn't a fan of it but no, you know I, I didn't option. care for it either but I like the idea of it though yeah uh, I probably in amongst the beautiful architecture uh, I like what they've done to what I'm guessing is the centre street in Kiev they've turned it into a sort of a fan park haven't they the big mm. long one yeah a massive long one with loads yeah. of screens the atmosphere it's a wonderful place to watch football yeah definitely and also the fact that they've got so many screens means it's never really crowded so yeah. it's very comfortable almost dreamlike but it would like changing you know the, the London equivalent would be doing it down Oxford Street or something yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, in South Africa, as we said at, at the time, in Johannesburg, the Santon Fan Park was almost like a mini Hyde Park. Wasn't yeah, it? that's it was right. Like a festival almost. This is a lot more um, sort of um, central. And it's, it's, a, it's a road. It's, yeah, and it's got different ones dotted around rather than one big one. That's right. Mm. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's very good. But Jim's got the points. No, Pete's got the points. Pete's got the points. <laughs> <laughs> he needs it. <laughs> Indeed. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, come to Kiev. It's a lovely time. Um, uh, but we're going to go to Group A, which is uh, in Poland, to start our roundup. And, and Greece lost to the Czech Republic 2 1. Two early goals from the Czechs were enough to win it. Hmm. Um, Juracek and uh, Pilarz, I think that's pronounced, uh, bundling the ball over the line. Uh, 2 0 up after six minutes, yeah. they were away. I thought Juracek was um, excellent generally in the game. It was quite a weird game because we just got here and we were quite. Uh, quite yeah. Um, flight tired, but um, and it was the first game we watched in Ukrainian commentary. You get this weird thing um, where you sort of you zone out a bit of the commentary and you think, "What word did he just say?" Oh yeah, no, I don't understand <laughs> the language. Um, I do get that a lot when I listen to Mark Lawrence though. Yeah. <laughs> get it in there early. Yeah, but yeah, no, obviously the Czechs were a lot better um, against Greece than they had been uh, against Russia. Um, but they still, you know, when they went two 0 up, it looked like they could really sort of take it home. But they kind of they eased off a little bit. They let let Greece in and Peter Czech. I mean, well, Greece had a goal disallowed, um, which Peter Czech really made a hash of as well. well. Obviously, you know, he's, he's lucked out there, but you still got to be saving those just in case. He's, yeah, it's he's been rattled by something. Yeah, Gekas pulled one back, of course, through the Czech error, mm. and I did worry about Czech because obviously last time in the Euros he made a little bit of an error which cost them dearly. And I thought, oh, if, if they don't lose, if they don't win this game, then oh, I don't want Czech to be a fool. Well, my, yeah. ex- my experience of Peter Czech as an international goalkeeper must just be completely um, biased because every time I see him at a major tournament, he, especially the last couple, he, he seems to have made errors. Mm. Now, obviously, he can't be making errors all the time like that in qualifying. Otherwise, they would never qualify. I just wonder what it is about this tournament and the last tournament. Uh, cause he didn't look great against Russia either. Did yeah, he? maybe it's a nervousness thing. So much riding on it when it's for your country. Yeah, true. But he's playing the Champions League final, you know. Yeah, I know. But yeah. save penalties and penalty shootouts. He's got a lot of experience. It's an odd one. It's a very, very odd one. Indeed, it is. But it was a great win for the Czechs, and they needed it. Yeah, they absolutely. Did. Uh, they did. Uh, Poland drew one all with Russia. Much that was better. A really good game. That excellent game. Yeah, um, Kuba's goal was absolutely super. Yeah, one of the best of the tournament. Just he like so sweetly, so perfectly. It was a bullet with butterfly wings. It was, yeah. Captain Cuba. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the bar we were watching it in, it, I found it quite hard to ascertain what side the, the locals were supporting. Yeah. But when the Cuba goal went in, everyone got up. Yeah. Everyone was loving it. Well, one thing that's been really interesting about the fan parks as well is how um, everyone celebrates every goal. Yeah. And people know, yeah. are really just there enjoying the football. It's great. Yeah, that's right. Um, as a guy, I've scored his third of the tournament. Yeah. Um, he's having a great time. He really is, isn't he? Um, uh, lovely finish well yeah of course Russia scored there eventually after 37 minutes I think it was and you thought well you feared for Poland didn't you yeah and uh, you, you don't want to see the, the hosts struggle I mean, yeah and it was it was nice the way they responded they came back and scored a great equaliser as you said and probably looked 
for my money, more likely the more likely to go on and win it. Yeah. Which is remarkable, considering what happened in the first two games where Russia was so good and the Czechs just crumbled against the Greeks. So much better from yeah. them. I think Poland will beat the Czech Republic. I think so too, but they need to. Um, and if they beat the Czech Republic, they will uh, go through. A draw is not good enough for Poland. They need. Yeah. They, they know what they um, need to do. Mm. So uh, we'll see. Unfortunately, there was violence on the streets of Warsaw before that match between both sides of supporters. Because yeah. Russia had already been given a suspended six-point deduction and a fine for their qualifying campaign for Euro 2016 due to their fans' behaviour during the first match of their tournament campaign. It's, it's an interesting one, that, because obviously the Russian fans didn't really show themselves in glory. I know there was this Russia Day thing and the rivalry and all that sort of thing. And they set up a firework when Russia scored as well inside yes. the stand. And there was a massive sort of really aggressive flag as well. Um, but James Appel wrote a good piece um, about the Russia punishment. It's sort of uncharacteristic of, of UEFA to act so quickly, but yeah. I suppose it's during a tournament. It's swift to. and decisive, isn't it? But he made a great point that if you think about it, about it because the qualification process next um, time is open up to 24 teams and the top two will definitely qualify, possibly even the best third place, is it really going to affect Russia that much? Yeah. Because of the seedings and stuff like that. Cause I, think, I think he made, it made this sort of um, mm. comparison that if it had been applied this time, they still would have been okay if there were 24 teams. Yeah. It's what, well, you know, UEFA at least have to be seen to be doing something. Um, and it's, it's crazy. So... I, I didn't. I didn't realise this, but so that punishment had already been meted out, and then there was more trouble anyway. Because the fact, what are the fans doing there? Yeah, it's, well, it's a suspended penalty. Yeah, but isn't the idea that if, they, they, if it flares up again, the penalty will then yes, be enacted for Euro t- uh, 2016? Yeah. So th- th- those fans, they've got to, you know, have a look at themselves there. Like, it's almost like they're idiots. <laughs> yeah, almost <laughs> like they're mindless yeah, thugs. I don't think if the fans are, you know after a couple of drinks and are really up for it that they're going to think oh hang on boys don't kick off yeah. the boys are going to have a six point deduction everyone think about the admin <laughs> yeah that's right by the way a lot of um, people have had a little bit of a pop at the Polish authorities for allowing the Russia Day march but surely if they didn't allow the march to happen Russian fans would be even more annoyed yeah. and I think they would cut between a rock and a hard place really there's nothing they could do about that yeah of course um, yeah they're going to be they're going to be angry either way yeah it's, it's turned out yeah <laughs> But more worryingly, um, we had reports from a couple of Swedish fans yes. on Tuesday night that in the in the Kiev fan zone there were Russian fans sort of marauding through the fans and looking for poles. Yeah, you know, and that's some... actual Polish people, not poles. Mm. Yeah, there's yeah. loads of them. Yeah, uh, Polish so skulls looking t- to be cracked, basically, yeah. wasn't it? It's was just it's worrying. Yeah, awful things, really. Yeah. But aside from that, you know, we've not seen anything. No, yeah, the atmosphere has been great. In Kiev. Yeah, it's very, it very really has been good. And we watched Portugal versus Denmark in the in the fan park. What a game! Or game of the tournament road. so far. Yeah, fan road or whatever we want yeah. to call it. Um, and it was brilliant. And as you said, Jim, you know, there's a lot of. It's just a big football loving, really. Yeah. There, anything that anybody ever does is a lovely ripple of applause. Yeah, it's like Wimbledon. It is. It's it's, it's glorious. Any, anybody does anything good, a good tackle, a nice bit of skill, a lovely little ripple, and, mm. and we're away. And any goal that goes in is cheered. I think I can count an awful lot of different nationalities just watching the game there for its own yeah. sake, rather than having any sort of vested interest in it. And yeah, it was people enjoying football for what it was, and and, and just enjoying seeing goals and that sort of thing. One group of fans turned up, made a bit a bit of noise, didn't they? Oh, yeah, that was England fans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like a parody of themselves yeah. they came from the back of the, of the screens they weren't yeah. even watching weren't, weren't even watching what was a brilliant game yeah singing songs ten it? German bombers wasn't yeah, it yeah classic yeah the, the trouble was though there was, a, there was a what looked like a TV presenter with a camera out and it's just like mate leave them alone <laughs> you'll only make it worse and that's what um, but there was a lot of other England fans being yeah. normal citizens not being not. of the world <laughs> um, which is 
as to be expected. I would say well done, but no, no, that's what I expect. Yeah, exactly. I'm, a human, I'm a human being. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, but, uh, for me, probably the game of the tournament, actually, Denmark versus Portugal. Portugal showed a bit more what they can do, Jim. Yes, they did. Um, you know, they went 2-0 up, didn't they? Uh, absolutely sort of raced into it, which was... Um, they were very impressive in the first half, actually. Mm. Um, you know, they, 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 were the yeah, but, and uh, it was uh, held a Postiga as well, didn't he? Absolutely, battered it into the top uh, from quite close range. And they basically they kind of had the same game plan they did against Germany. They just they just enacted it far far better. That's what Paolo Bento said. Mm. Yeah, and, um, it was an interesting one for Cristiano Ronaldo, wasn't he? He was really really off of his game. Um, he was awful, yeah. Bentner won the, the duel between those two. Yeah, which is, I, mean, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have had much chance of you saying that before the game. No. Was, was it a duel set up? Is that what um, Ronaldo well, was doing? I think that's what the world, uh, <laughs> world was waiting for. Well, Sylvester Verella came on and was basically like, right, Cristiano, you're lucky there. Yeah. I've got you out of jail. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's, Ronaldo's one on one at 2 all was yeah. just. Uh, that's unforgivable. No, no, it was a well, no, it was 2 1, two one wasn't it? That was just before Bentner scored the second. The I mean, he had two one on ones at 2 1. One where he went through and he didn't look as though um, he was ever going to put it away. And it was a side foot shot which was calmly saved by the keeper. But the kind of chance for Real Madrid which would have ended up top corner. Yeah. And then the second one was a glorious chance yeah. where the ball was played and he could have used the weight of the pass to just knock it past the keeper. There were so many options and he thought he'd put it about three or four yards wide. It wasn't just his finishing as well, his passing was off. I mean, Germany, Germany had a poor game. And um, I wonder again if it's the pressure. Because I think he really does feel the pressure of being Portugal's main man, even far more so than he has ever done at club level, even though that's the case ever he's played. You talk about his passes. I mean, his pass completion was down from 81% against Germany to 69% against the Danes. I think you can't have it both ways. I think that we've said before, when Deco and, and a few others were still on the Portugal scene, Oh, the thing about Ronaldo is he needs to be the main guy. He doesn't feel like he's the main guy. Now he is the main guy. Mm. He seems to be worried about you know the pressure and that sort of thing. And, and it seems that like you can't have it both ways. Just get on there and start playing. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll see more from him because um, there's another game at least mm. that yeah, he'll well, be in. So we'll definitely see more of <laughs> it. That's just one thing we know about unless, Ronaldo. Unless he's dropped. Yeah. Apparently there were Danish supporters chanting Lionel Messi's name at Ronaldo. <laughs> Did you see his comeback? Um, well, I, I, I don't know if he bit or not. I mean, this is what he said. You know where he was th- talking about Messi? <clears throat> Ronaldo said, you know where he was this time last year? Do you know? Um, he said he was eliminated in the Copper America in his own country. I think that's worse, no? You know he scored 82 goals since then. At least he's not letting it get to him. No, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. He's, he's, um, his head's firmly on the next game. Uh, we've got to talk about Nicholas Bender. Yeah. Better in his pants. The Danes had a great comeback. Yeah, they did. They really did. It was a real shame for them. I, re- I really wanted Denmark to go on and win that game, or at least <laughs> hold out for the point. I think um, everyone in the fan park was just quite happy for more goals. Oh yeah, very much. Uh, so. But but a, a, a headed brace. Yeah, we yeah. thought maybe a, 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 a hat trick of headers. <laughs> it's so rare it. that mm. I can't say it. Ericsson was, uh, Ericsson was a little bit more involved as well. Still, like he wasn't, you know, absolutely bossing the game, but he, he had more of the ball than he did in, in the opening game. So that, that was nice to say. Yeah, but no, but Benter's in the shop window, isn't he? He's trying to get a move away from Arsenal <laughs> and Sunderland you, at the same time. You're a big fan of the first goal. Then. Oh, excellent stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, it's just. Delhi involved again. Yeah, you never see and hardly ever see in this a headed assist to a headed goal. Yeah. especially not a beautifully lofted header over the keeper. Cushion. Bentner almost shrugged <laughs> it in, didn't he? Like yeah. Balotelli did that time. Yeah. As well. 
Yeah. He, he really ju- he ran and sort of jumped like an NBA player, completely unnecessarily, yeah. hugging the F for ages and headed it in. You've got to hand it to him. He's loving it. Of course, yeah. Embrace it, a Victorian. You've got to hand it to the fact that Portugal had absolutely no defenders anywhere near him. <laughs> Portugal have got quite a good defence, actually. I mean, Cohen Trail's a great fullback, and, and Bruno Alves and Pepe. But beast. actually, mm. that, that's true, but um, Pepe likes a marauding run forward. Contral's very attack minded. It's a very, very sort of attacking Unbalanced. defensive <laughs> unit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they got the win though. They got the win, they which, which I think they deserved. Actually, I do mm. think they deserve. Um, it was just as well Varela smashed that one in, as you say. Yeah. And, well, and, and actually, he set it up with his own air shot. Yeah, no, yeah. Did he get an assist for that as well? Yeah, he should do. That'd I hope so. It was three minutes from time, and then the Portuguese pylon ensued. Massive mm. pylon. Well, they needed it so badly. I mean, that saved the tournament. I think. Yeah, very much so. I, I think that with the attacking, attack-minded, uh, with the attacking mindset of the defense, it's just they're trying to get away from Bruno Alves. He's going to eat their children. Yeah. They're terrified of him. Yeah. Mm. But. Um, yeah, Verena, like I say, spared uh, Ronaldo's blushes, got them out of jail. On Bentner as well, it's worth saying, as we were saying about Ronaldo, you know, Bentner's the main man for Denmark. They're kind of set up like that, and he he has delivered. You got to well, give him well some they credit left the game there. though. Yeah, it's true, but you know, he 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 it's did as much as he could. Because if they had got a draw, they'd be in great shape. They'd yeah, great shape. It, against Germany, would have set the group up really nicely. Yeah, got to play the Germans. Um, uh, we got an e- a tweet rather from uh, Daniel Eckeroth who says. Uh, not a very masculine question, but wouldn't you agree that the Danish kit is by far the ugliest in the competition? I don't think the Danes are particularly ugly. I don't think it's, uh, no, the standard of kits are always very high. That's true, yeah. It. We'd like the French one, don't we? Oh, yeah, yeah, the French yeah. one's great. I actually quite like the England uh, with, the, with, the, with the new red yeah. lines. It's not messing about, is it? No. And the Sweden one with the sash is decent. That yeah, yeah, they're away kit. I'm not sure about the Holland one because it's slightly two-toned. Orange. I quite like that. You know, yeah. They're mixing it up. Yeah, I can't think of one worse apart from possibly the Ukraine one. So it's a decent point. Yeah, we like the Swedish away one as well. Yeah, with the with the yellow sash across mm-hmm. the navy blue. Uh, so we're not sure about that, Daniel. But thanks anyway for, for tweeting in. We've got to move on to Holland versus Germany, mm. though the big game. Slightly disappointing. I mean, maybe it was because Holland. The, the, well, <laughs> yeah. no, but the, the, the spectacle. But I mean, you know, the, the earlier game certainly took some of the, the limelight. But Holland were indeed very disappointing, and they're, they're only still in it because of that late Varela goal for Portugal. Yeah. Well, they've just done the absolute sort of cliche Dutch thing of just falling apart the moment they've, they've got to the tournament. Just bickering and arguing, as infighting. Wesley Schneider came out before the game, said there's there are too many egos um, in in this squad, which is as you pointed out, Luke, like ironically shows that he's massive big time and <laughs> yeah, yeah. has clearly got some sort of issue there himself as well and there's a lot of talk about Robin walking off the pitch on the opposite side and walking around the um, advertising hall I don't think much of that at all I think that um, Robin the game they needed to get on with the game he was at the other side of the pitch so instead of having to, to, to trudge over all the way across he's just jumped over and of course he's going to be disappointed at being taken off he, yeah. you know any professional for crying out loud when we played as kids you know you'd be disappointed because you want to stay on and influence the game Yeah, I, th- I think they've got a couple of problems you know, from what I can see and, and Jim you're right what you touched on a second ago every time you want to go and make a point about Holland so far in this tournament you end up just thinking God I'm such a cliched idiot because but it is true <laughs> yeah, but it was, yeah. it's the same with England though when you talk about England's problems yeah. again it's the same thing you know and, and Holland's is, I mean Holland have got far more attacking options and better players than England but the problems still the teamwork is poor though and Robin has said as well today that there's no link between defence and attack and there are just gaps everywhere that they're failing to fill so they're, they're completely aware of their problems uh, which must be absolutely maddening That's what, the, what I think they need to do you know, I said it before the tournament they need to get rid of one of their two holding midfield players yeah. and they changed it around Van Bommel off later, later on in the game yesterday but I'd have Strootman in there who can spray the ball around all over the place he's an excellent passer of the mm. ball he's your link between your sort of defensive midfield and your attack I'd also drop Affleck because I don't yeah. think he's affected the game either yesterday or the game before and I put Van Persie out wide on the left 
when Hans he's played before up. and Hansel are up there that gives you a chance you know now I know it's easy to say against Germany because Germany are a good team you know and they'll, and they'll punish you but Holland also massively need to up the tempo yeah it's too ponderous and, and as, as Robbins rightly said there's no link up play there they need, so they need to step up against Portugal they need to win and win well and if they do that they've got a chance of going through because I think um, Germany will beat Denmark yeah I mean you get a lot of players who are criticised for trying to do everything on their own it seems like every Dutch player is doing that yeah that's right do you think, you think Germany will beat Denmark do you I, th- I would imagine they would um, although uh, yeah, Holland can't they, they shouldn't be going into their last game hoping that the Germans give them a helping hand yeah well you know uh, I'm sure they'd agree with you mate <laughs> but here we are yeah. but that's, well that's the situation And but let's be honest if, if Denmark score early against Germany Germany will probably rest a few of their bigger players, and they don't need to win. Yeah, I know, but the thing is that that German squad's so deep, you can still have sort of uh, Marco Royce and uh, Mario Goethe in that in that well, sort well, of central midfield, for example, right? So I don't think they're going to. It's not going to be a weak side. Is no, it? They're no, still going to put up what, a challenge. What I was going to say was that if the Danes are a goal up, and then, uh, you know, have they have been, you know, they beat Holland. If it's a draw with say fifteen minutes left, I wouldn't imagine that German side busting a gut to mm. get the winner. Because a point's fine, <coughs> let's take it easy. Let's all laugh at Holland. Exactly. Lolland. Mm. Let's be honest, that, that could easily pan out. Now, I, I would imagine Germany would beat Denmark, and then Holland needs to beat Portugal, I think, by... But I think they need a three-goal swing. Think, think of the Germany dynamic, though, within their tournament. You've got to make sure you realise that the players you want in the current first eleven for Germany, if they're given a chance, will want to be in that first exactly, eleven. Exactly, yeah. and they're, so they're very talented players. It's a very deep squad. Of course. So yeah, I, I, I think I, I said I said earlier in a piece I wrote there yesterday. Holland have still got every chance of going through because we've seen that happen time and time again in tournament football. Mm. Well, not I mean, if, if a team goes through after losing their first two games, they're very lucky. Uh, massively, and because uh, usually you lose your first two and you're out. You've already, they've already relied on the results. Otherwise, they would be out. I mean, yeah. Holland could have been the first team out of the competition if it wasn't for that Varela goal. Mad, mm. which, mad. which is incredible. Um, Mario Gomez, oh, deserves a mensch. Oh, it's at brilliant, least brilliant a mensch. <laughs> that first goal was absolutely beautiful. I hope that sort of puts to bed some of the people who think he's a bit of a donkey, a bit of a sort of like uh, I don't know why he's got this reputation. He's Gomez. forty odd goals this season. I know, but it's it, it's it still persists. So, there were a few people on Twitter that were, that were sort of talking about that. As they were surprised that he'd scored such a good goal. It's like, what are you talking? About? Watch him. I've had arguments. <laughs> he does it all the time. He scored. I've had arguments on Twitter over and over again this season where people have said every single point they've said to me, I've just. Felt like replying with the same answer. He scored forty goals this season. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, and the people who have actually replied to me say, "Yeah, but how many would he have scored if his all-round play was better?" Yeah, he scored forty goals. But his all-round play is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he's very. I think he's a very economical player. He's not necessarily overly adept at some of the stuff that you know. There's that, no that glamour to him. I, I wouldn't say it. so. Apart from the fact that he looks like Crispin Glover from Back to the Future. Yeah, that's the only that, glamour that's not glamorous. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not anymore. That, the glamour barrel was being scraped if that's yeah. there yeah. His, his second goal was superb as well yeah. Schweinsteiger I think set up both yeah Schweinsteiger yeah. slipped was amazing he yeah. had very little space um, to, to do that in um, Gomez as well to take that shot it's such a weird angle to, to even be aiming for like, he just we've said it before he reminds me of Ruud van Nistelrooy in a lot of ways the way he's just so comfortable in the, in the penalty area it's just it's his garden isn't it yeah, listen, you, I've played football at a rubbish level, and I'm not an <laughs> attacking player. But when you loads of players like this, when you get into the goal, even at a very high level, when they get into the goal, they sort of panic a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, a lot of it's to do with experience. Cristiano Ronaldo did it twice. We've seen Alex Oxlade Chamberlain do it for yeah. England. He's not played for them that much before. He's he's still finding his feet at that level. He's not as calm and composed. But Mario Gomez just makes it look so natural, so yeah. easy. And like you say, rem- reminiscent of Van Nistelrooy, ironically for the for the Dutch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well. 
a lot of talk, talk about uh, Mario Gomez. And John Brooks has tweeted in saying, has anyone got a better amount of hair control and hair responsibility than Mario <laughs> Gomez? I don't know where this responsibility comes in. Javier's an Etty. Yeah, sure. Same yeah, I mean, yeah. haircut for 20 years. No muscles yeah. in the bar. Not at Euro 2012, though. I mean, no. Gomez is taking that crown. Yeah. yeah, but I think Gomez certainly has more product than Zanetti. He's the sort of bloke who redoes it at half time. Yeah. yeah. Cohen Trowell's got a, quite an interesting dude. What a metrosexual side the Portuguese are. They really are, aren't they? They mm. are so metrosexual. They are fabulous. They look like a boy band. They do. <laughs> a a, a massive, massive boy band. band. Yeah, With Bruno Alves in there, think, everyone thinking, what? Yeah. Yeah, like, he's the songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that looks good. in front of the camera. But yeah. you often have a bit of a, um, a tough looking one, don't you? And that's obviously Pepe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be like the boy from at uh, five. Yeah, Pepe is like Robbie Williams. We went through that skinhead phase. Okay, well, I was thinking more. Um, was it oh, Abs? Yeah, no, Jay from five. Jay from yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the eyebrow thing. Yeah, ain't got no manners because he eats with his fingers. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, just uh, one more tweet on on Germany from uh, Adam Huntington, who's asking for a prediction for player of the tournament. He's currently shouting Hummels um, as he's a juggernaut of composure slash ability. Hummels has been solid. He stepped he up. Is. People, as I said before the tournament started, people were saying that does his club form translate to his country form? I think he's been excellent. Mm. Um, I, I don't think Germany, yeah, it's a slightly different point, but I don't think Germany have really hit the dazzling heights people expect. And they are sort of growing into the tournament, which is terrifying. It is terrifying because they've got a clean <laughs> sheet and three goals. And yeah, exactly. And they yeah. still and don't look really like they've got out of first gear. And you know? apart from Gomez, haven't really impressed us that much. Schweinsteiger's been great. Yeah, Schweinsteiger. I think Schweinsteiger's a good shout for player of the tournament, actually, on current form, because he is bossing that midfield. And um, and, and Gomez, of course. Yeah. Oh, and Zagoya. Yeah. Bentner. There's a few. They're all there. There's a lot of twists and turns in this tangled web that is the Euro (laughs) 2012 to come. The Euro web. Um, But, yeah, so so do we think Holland are going to go through? Do you think they're going to make it? They've got a chance, decent chance. I don't. I think Portugal will... uh, Do you think Portugal will get a draw? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Get the point that they need. This is, Holland have been rubbish. <laughs> they've been really bad. Like, I did momentarily forget that. Yeah. Well, but even if Holland won and Germany won, again it will go down to goal difference. So they need that. But I think it's a three goal, three goal swing. Yeah. Uh, on to Group C, the second round of matches there will be tonight, and it will be Spain versus Ireland. Yeah, I'll oh, the, <laughs> the chaps, I, I do fear for you. Um, I, we certainly hope that they can do something. Um, and, and Robbie Keane's been pleading to lead the line yeah well Travis yeah. Tony's not going to drop him I mean no. I, th- I think um, Robbie Keane's in his worst run of form uh, for Ireland in a decade and he's not scored for his last in his last five games yeah. and, he's, and of course his, his scoring record for Ireland is excellent do you know you having just said that I really could see Robbie Keane scoring an important goal against the Spanish I really can popping up with one it's going to be interesting to see what sort of system the Spanish play if they stick with three midfielders up front um, it it's just confusing, it. isn't it? Well, it's a well, strange well, one. Spain will dominate position as they will do they against will. most teams. What I've got to do is I need to... I, what I would do, personally, I'd remove Bobby Keane, I'd put another midfield player in there, I'd have um, Kevin Doyle, who'll run for you all day mm. up front, leading the line. Typical, difficult job for him, but that's essentially what he's in the team for. Um, and I'd put Dan Gibson know, in the middle. I you can know, hold I think, the ball a lot better. Well, I I think, I'd certainly have Gibson in there, yeah. but I think I'd stick with Keane up front. I think there's more chance of him nicking you a goal mm. than Doyle, and I think he can do the same job. Yeah. Um, to a, a good degree. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't want to play. Didn't bring McLean or anything like that. Did he in the yeah. last game? Yeah, see, you, I think McLean's a, a, is an absolute must as well. He's, there, he's an exciting player for them, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, you've got to have some. You've got to have some of that. Even if you're setting to, up to, to frustrate, you've got to have the. You've you got to have that one conduit to potentially nick you that goal that you need so much. Well, I think to bring him on against Croatia would have been a good move, but I think against Spain, Ireland will be. They will set up more comfortably in a system that they're more used to. 
to um, to stifle the opposition and, and so on and so forth. They will definitely need to do that against Spain. Most teams will need to do that against Spain. And as you say, I think with a, with a front man, a very mobile front man, I'd probably go for Keane as well. Yeah. Uh, then they, they, they've just got to ride their luck, battle away like they do, and then see what happens. It's really. that age-old thing, though, isn't it? I mean, as we d- we've discussed in the past, they set up, even if they set up like that way, which they probably will, and even if they get a nil-nil, right? They still want to go out and beat Italy. Yeah. At that, some point, you've got to go out and win a game. Yeah, yeah, but a, a draw would be a fabulous result against Spain. There's no two ways about it. And also, if they can see early, what are they going to do? Well. Well, yeah. Well, we'll we'll find out in just a few hours. My answer would probably be conceded again, (laughs) and again, and again, and again. The big one, though, Croatia playing Italy. Yeah, yeah. Croatia were very good against Ireland, but um, you know, as as you've said, Marcus, I think Ireland are one of the weaker teams at the tournament. They made so many mistakes. Yeah, they they really did. They let them. They just let Croatia into it far, far more than Italy will. So this is going to be a a very interesting setup because you know Italy were as as we expected them to be because of the way they've been under Prandelli. They were a lot more sort of forward thinking and attack minded than uh, against Spain than you would traditionally expect from Italy. And you know, Croatia have a bit about them, so I think that's going to be a really good game. I think that's going to be a really sort. I think there'll be a lot of goals in that. It could go down to the fact that Italy may need to beat Ireland by more goals than Croatia did if they want to go through. Yeah. It could come down to that. I, th- I think Italy should have enough to, to see off Croatia. I was impressed with them against Spain. I thought they did well on a difficult pitch. Mm. There's talk of um, Tony Christmas starting as well ahead of Mario Balotelli. Delish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking forward to seeing the Italians again. Yeah. With that system. Yeah, they were great. I'd love to see Di Natale start. See, see, I love this stage of the tournament. You know, we've all we've all had a, we've had a look at everyone yeah, once, yeah. a couple of teams twice. They're all sort of getting into the rhythm of it now. It's yeah. just, this is this is one of the perfect times. Do you think they'll play the same system against? Uh, I think so. I reckon so. Yeah. Oh, don't break, don't change it. It's not you know. Don't break, don't, don't break it if it's, <laughs> it's not, not broken. Broke, don't fix it. Thank you. That'll do. <laughs> uh, I'm too busy thinking of the next link. Yeah. Uh, but which is looking back and ahead to Group D. Uh, where Ukraine beat Sweden 2-1 and it was the uh, Zlatan and Shevchenko show it was the Milan, striker show Milan mm. past and present yeah and his Shevs and what uh, a present it was well <laughs> Shevchenko said Ibra is the best player in the world behind Messi after the game because Zlatan what is that because he let him have a goal at the, at the near post <laughs> yeah. uh, Zlatan got the scoring underway he did miss a header he did uh, yeah. earlier on but he, he, he made up for it his, uh, his body language after he missed that header just seemed to say so <laughs> Brilliant! I've got, got loads of goals before. He's from that breed of Cristiano Ronaldo type, sort of gets annoyed with everyone else. And yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then Ukraine obviously came back, and, uh, and then Shevchenko brace, which just uh, sent the country yeah. wild. It was yeah, like yeah. they'd gone through to the next round there, and then. But he's really um, got them all going, hasn't it? The mood in uh, in Kiev certainly is. But they it's jubilant. Yeah, I absolutely mean, love Kiev. What a story Shevchenko is. Like. Yeah. In Kiev, they love him. He, he started off as a ball boy for Dynamo Kiev, didn't mm. he? He's made his way all the way through. And Jim was sat next to a Ukrainian chap on the plane. Yeah. I didn't hear much about what they were talking about, but what I did hear him say was uh, something along the lines of, Shevchenko is a hero. Always. Always, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always. They absolutely love Whereas him. Whereas I was talking to Ukraine, and they said apparently he's a bit dim when it comes to the interview. He's a bit... Oh really? Yeah, I've not nothing to go on apart from that. He's not yeah. dim when it comes to goals. No, but, he isn't. Um, I think again, Luke, you were saying before that he's prolonged his career for it's the sake of appearing story. at this tournament, and the fact that he's managed to deliver mm. is, is just—it's beautiful. He's, he said himself, "This this this tournament, knowing like, this tournament's coming up, I've I've worked so much harder as it's, it's prolonged my career for him to get a couple of goals." In Kiev Stadium, yeah, you know, for glorious. It's, it's a great through. story. It's a great story. And it's nice that Zlatan got one as well. Yeah, give him, give him his one. Uh, Elmanda could, could have had an equaliser right at the end. I think Sweden look a bit soft-centered. Everyone sort of yeah. says it, sort of cliche says they're, oh, they're always quite tougher. I don't think they look that tough to be honest. I think Melberg's passed his best. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and as you say, Elmanda had a chance, didn't take it. 
I think I don't think England should be that worried about Sweden going to that game. England should be looking to get a result there, a good one. Yeah, we've got England have got to make sure they um, do themselves justice. You know, this is very much a case of just getting the best out of the system. Because as you say, I don't think Sweden are there for the taking on, yeah, on that display. You know, and, and Ukraine as well. You know, obviously Ukraine. Um, it was quite a sloppy game. You yeah, know, it was generally. So Marcus there are goals there. As long as England are tight and don't make stupid basic errors, like a lot of teams have been doing, yeah. it should be all right. England have got to keep that discipline. Like I said before, do you I think, think they'll play the same way? Then? I think they'll play the same way. Well, I think they'll line, set up the same way, but they'll just have more attacking freedom. And, and if England start going right, okay, let's you know, here we are, we're the Premier League players, and so on and so forth, and go for it. That's when gaps appear, and that's when it all goes back to the same England. If you if you keep it tight, because Sweden can can cause problems. They've got good yeah, players, especially attacking quality, players. Yeah. So if England keep it tight and all the rest of it, the gaps that England found in the first half an hour against France, they'll find more against mm. Sweden. England won't tire as quickly, and and we should be okay. Yeah, I don't think he'll change it much. I think he, I think he'll play with a reasonably similar team. Um, I read an article uh, today that said that he's actually not trained the team that hard because they had such mm-hmm. um, a difficult one in terms of um, physical f- sort of fitness and, and heat, the heat against against France. Apparently, the session they did uh, that the journalist in question saw was only fifteen minutes. Right. Wow! Uh, a, a few of the players who hadn't featured p- trained for a bit longer, but he said like James Milner looked who ran more than yeah. the player. Looked. That was an absolute boxing match of a game. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> he put himself out there. He, he, did. Did. he really he did. He left it all out on the pitch. You know, fair play to him. Mm. Um, the Swedes got in trouble, didn't they, with one of their training they sessions? They did. Yes, there's been a, it's been called Bumgate. We <laughs> um, called it that. The sun. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. that, that's the name going around for it. it happened in Swedish training session. Was it you? It w- wasn't me that started that. No, but um, I'm, I'm happy to further it. I'm endorsing it now. <laughs> yeah. Bumgate. Check it out. Um, yeah, it's the, the reserve goalkeeper, isn't it? One of Sweden's reserve goalkeepers lost the game of piggy, where you have to keep the ball in the air. Um, it, and uh, basically, his punishment was that um, he would have to. Uh, bare his backside and that the team would take shots at his bare anus with the mm. ball and uh, it's caused an absolute sort of furore back in Sweden isn't it so I think one of the somebody said um, some, a politician as well had said yeah. uh, Euro 2012 died a little today they're all, they are so furious with their national team and the way they're representing the country I, th- I think that um, I've been to Sweden that they're, they're, it's an amazing nation wonderful people I think they're quite a sensitive bunch though and, and I think they don't want it to be seen as endorsing Sort of schoolyard bullying and stuff like mm. that, but I mean, I think that might be a bit over the top. You know. Capturing the English stag do mentality. Yeah, so. I wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have thought you'd be too surprised if you saw that happening in a lot of different football teams. Yeah, I, th- I remember. I remember like under twelves having the ball kicked at me and stuff like that. Yeah, Diego Maradona talks about that happening in his, uh, his book. Although you know that's definitely not a barometer of sanity. So let's <laughs> no, it doesn't make it normal. Yeah, um, there, there are uh, apparently there's two factions that have. Um, uh, been created in the Swedish camp because Zlatan and Odd Melberg don't get on. And there was a, 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 Zlatan was a little bit annoyed after the Sweden-Ukraine game that some of the players were waving to their wives and girlfriends when he felt they should have been warming down after their loss to Ukraine. And and there are some sources that are saying that uh, Zlatan has his camp and Melberg has his, and uh, there's a little well, bit of disharmony. As much as that is typical Zlatan to sort of pile up and speak everyone. everyone. Yeah, but he is captain. Yeah, and, you know, and if he, it's a valid point. After the game, absolutely. After the game, if he thinks the captain decides that the player should be warmer down, listen, there's plenty of time to be waving and meeting your, your family afterwards. I think that's a valid point. Yeah. But that, knowing Zlatan, he's probably massively overstated that. Yeah. He's just yeah. a bit annoyed that they lost because they were one nil. Which again is <laughs> and sort he's of blaming like, all of them. Yeah, yeah, it will have been. You were all dicks. Here are the reasons. Yeah, <laughs> I scored my goal. What have you done? <laughs> you didn't defend your goal. No, uh, indeed. Uh, France play Ukraine. 
Mm. Do we see a French win there? Yes. I, I think France are, are the best team in the group, and I think they should be putting Ukraine to bed, even though Ukraine will be at home, yeah. Yeah, but the pressure's on France. I think they would have expected to beat England. It, um, it, just on this group, it's interesting how, obviously, we, we're in Kiev right at the moment, and it's, it's Swedish fans everywhere, aren't they? Yeah. Then, we should start just getting our bums out when we see them. <laughs> yeah. So we mock them. Yeah. yeah, they'll hit football us. Maybe it's taken the wrong way, but um, <laughs> Sweden have got every game in Kiev, haven't they? So they've probably got a base like that. It's interesting how Sweden have got every game in Kiev. I mean, even Ukraine, I think, have played two of their matches in Donetsk. Well, yeah. they do. You think Ukraine would be playing every game of Kiev? Yeah, it's strange yeah. that Sweden have um, been fortunate because Donetsk is not a very nice place and, and ha- isn't set up really well for this tournament. Kiev is. Kiev's a beautiful city. Mm. They've hit the jackpot being mm. stationed in Kiev for the, all of their games. They really have. Mm. So well done to the Swedes. Yeah. Um, uh, now, let's go to the uh, Ukrainian FA where their president has um, entered the racism realm. Uh, Grigory Surkish has said that England need to get their own house in order before having a go at Ukraine over accusations of racism. He's referring to the Rio and John Terry debate. Um, and he's also saying this on the back of that the UEFA have revealed that they are to investigate alleged racist chanting directed at Mario Balotelli during the Spain-Italy match. Balotelli couldn't have heard that otherwise. <laughs> we would have all probably known about yeah. it. Mm. Um, but Surkish had this to say about such investigations. He said... There can be individual cases in our stadiums, but I don't think we should pay attention to these cases. We try to fight this racism thing, uh, but the tournament has started, and I don't think we should talk about racism in Ukraine. Well, I don't know if that's been mistranslated, but that is so dismissive, isn't yeah. it? It's so just like, all right, we're aware everyone else is bothered about this, but it's it's shut up. It's like <laughs> as if everyone else is being really overly sensitive, and yeah. they're just not accepting that. But again, you know, it could be that that's been kind of badly translated. Indeed. Well, let's go to another tweet. Uh, this is from Harry Samson, and he says, "Has there been any talk about the ball, the football? Um, the pace of it seems to have caught out a few keepers, made some keepers look average." I've not seen any reports no, of that. I don't, I don't think don't it doesn't seem to be anywhere that. near as sort of. Um, it's not the Jabalani effect. No, is it? it's no. certainly not as sort of strange as the Jabalani. Which is refreshing. It's the first time in years there's not been people moaning about the ball. Oh, hang on, Peter Cech has been on the line. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the ball is rubbish. It is rubbish. I can remember in France '98 when David Seaman talking about the ball, and he said you'd boot it up in the air. And he said it was almost like a beach ball. That was in '98. Yeah. They, uh, I think what happens is, and I think we may have touched on this in the past. They always, because of the, the press attention around a new um, a tournament, they always launch a new ball. Mm. Yeah. It's never normally a ball that, that, that the Premier League decides to use. I do believe they're offered the chance to use it for the season, but the Premier League have got their own. Um, in place I'm only speaking from behalf of, obviously because I'm English and I know more about the Premier League they, the, the, but they never take it up because they've got their own ball they want to do a deal with and then the, when it comes to a tournament no one's used the ball properly yeah. uh, and then everyone starts complaining about it but the, the, the current one seems to be okay from what I can see but next, next tournament let's have a mighty doubt on Moldmaster yeah. let's <laughs> yeah, see how yeah. they all get on with that on oh, a cold day off the thigh it's, it's the <laughs> classic <laughs> British cliche yeah, isn't it yeah. Yeah. let's get the Adidas Tango back a plastic Adidas tango. It is a tango. From a, no, but I mean the proper old school oh, one. Oh yeah, okay, right. The black and white panel. This one's the Tango 12. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I'd love to see a mold master. <laughs> Get it on there. And what would happen? You would, would Tiki Taka, would that go out the window? Yeah, we'll have to, yeah. Andy Carroll would love it. Let's have him on there with a mold master <laughs> and a Sunday league pitch. <laughs> <laughs> See how good they are. See how many ankles get rolled. <laughs> oh, speaking of ankle rolls, we saw a guy massively stack it on the street yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That was that was a highlight as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, we were sat, in, we were sat in a, a, a <laughs> the window of a bar, and uh, it was just slightly below ground level. So we we got an absolute box office seat for a, a quite spectacular stack. Yeah, um, it was an absolute button. Yeah. So it uh, went. It was <laughs> uh, another highlight as well was um, 
I thought I saw Giovanni Trapattoni go for a jog at about six in the morning when we were coming back and Jim that said, is some jog Jim, yeah. Jim, yeah. And Jim said to me I don't even need to look to know that that's not true yeah. <laughs> he's run all the way from Poland he's trying to set an example to his players it was a lookalike we've seen a few lookalikes yeah. Olive Melberg's younger brother yeah. Ukrainian Pete yeah. Ukrainian Pete yeah. Um, John Malkovich was a good one yeah. and the guy was American as well yeah yeah marvellous yeah. I think I actually saw Jake Livermore uh, the real Jake Livermore in the in the airport was when you said you thought you saw um, I, think I, saw him, I think I saw him with Frimpong Prim- Prim- yeah mm. but then where they were going I've not seen him in Kia read all about it if that's yeah. true yeah. <laughs> and before we go we've got to talk about a few Premier League stories because Spurs have parted ways i.e. sacked Harry Redknapp yeah yeah that brings I mean it brings a smirk to your face doesn't can it can I just be the first to say <laughs> Six months ago, if you had told me yeah. Roy Hodgson will be the England manager and Harry Redknapp will be unemployed, I'd have been delighted. You'd have been, hang on a minute, I thought Christmas was in December. Yeah. Sometimes football just gets it wrong. <laughs> Not nearly often enough for my liking. Marcus, six months ago was December. But, um, but no, he said yeah. if six months ago you'd have told me. In June, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you know the point. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's. Um, I did not see that coming. I really didn't. Apparently, Levy just really ran out of patience with Redknapp and thank, all that stuff he said about. Well, you know, uh, people talk about the Champions League. I don't think the players are as bothered about it as people make out. Just like he's just covering his own back for co- the absolute collapse at the end of the se- at the end of the season that Tottenham had. And obviously, people talk to the speculation linking him with the um, England job as to why that happened. Doesn't excuse it. No. And you know, I, I think a lot of people pro Redknapp people would have thought it would have excused it it's like oh well that's why that's happened he'll have a better go next time apparently not a journalist said to me a journalist who remained on name said that Daniel Levy's absolutely furious when he didn't get into the Champions League he yeah, but he was they, they led for such a long time and Redknapp even tried to do the old uh, Paul Stretford in his, in his camp to, to get, get the contract well, negotiated didn't yeah. work well, yeah, because they were un- unlucky with fourth place being what it was but they, you know, third was there for the taking it's, it's such a good position such a good position I was about to say with, with regards to Daniel Levy you'd imagine he commands respect. Of course he's he does, a tough he? cookie. He's a shrewd operator. And yeah. so, if Harry Redknapp often tries to play him off in the press, and he did with the Champions League business recently, if he turns up to Daniel Levy's office with, I, I, there's a lot of words I want to use, but I won't. Um, with Paul Stretford, yeah. mm-hmm. who is um, a silly sausage to say the least, yeah. um, Daniel Levy's going to look at this and go, "Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, bloody really?" And, and apparently, Redknapp turned up and was trying to hurry him and say, "Look." Tie me down to a four-year deal, otherwise it'll unsettle the players. Levy's not having any of that. No, I, Levy's thinking I've unsettled the players loads of times before. <laughs> but we've got loads of managers here. Don't worry about it. Sorry, Harry, you're not a Wheeler dealer, is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Paul Stretford. But if he was a decent Wheeler dealer, he wouldn't need Paul Stretford, would he? Paul Stretford. Yeah, it's poor. It's poor. Dear, oh dear. Um, uh, the better news in in uh, London though is that Di Matteo has signed a two-year deal with Chelsea. Yeah, I'm glad he got a two-year deal. There was talk it'd be a year-long rolling contract, which I think would have immediately added unnecessary pressure on him. I'd like for him, he's earned yeah. it. Of course he's he won the Champions League in the FA Cup. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> um, and Michael Aldrup's been linked to the Swansea job. It'd be nice to see him in England, wouldn't it? Can you imagine the Swans? Imagine telling them a couple of years ago if you're going to play that kind of card. Michael yeah. Aldrup will be in charge one day. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, who? <laughs> yeah. Brian's brother. Mm. I'm only joking. Of course. The, the, the city of Swansea is a, is a very, very good uh, footballing uh, city with with a strong tradition. I'm sure they knew Michael Ladrup was. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't think he would be in charge. No, absolutely. Yeah. But and, and he might not be. But uh, it's good that um, such a man has been linked with the job. And I think he'd probably do an okay job. I think he would. it's also worth noting that David Moyes has been repli- uh, hotly tipped to replace Harry Redknapp at Tottenham. Mm. Been interesting one. Ten years he's been at Everton. Obviously, there's this whole thing. Would he be? How well would he do with money? You know, because he's done so well on such a limited budget at Everton. I mean, will, will the fans clamour for Big Martin Yolbeck? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I think it's a great, it'd be a really, really intriguing appointment to have David Moyes there. Mm. As you've touched on, he's been at Everton for so long, we've never really known what he'd be like with the bundles of money. And Spurs have got money. Yeah, they're back um, to the hill. Yeah, but I imagine he'll probably raid Everton for a couple of players as well. So it's sad times for Everton really. Sad times. Well, there we are. That's it for, for this pod. Um, uh, we'll be uh, back again on Saturday with more Euro news and whatnot. Yeah, we'll be going to the England-Sweden game, so we'll yep. report back on Saturday about that. Mm, but the website is very active at the minute, thefootballramble.com. Loads of stuff on there. So while you're waiting for us to come back on Saturday, thefootballramble.com, get yourself over there. Get yourself over there. And if you want to get in touch with us, it's probably best to tweet. Yeah, tweet us, at Football Ramble, or you can email us as well if you want to, which is show at thefootballramble.com. Um, yeah, and we'll look forward to hearing from you. Look forward indeed. Say goodbye, Jim. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Yeah, right, hang on a sec. No, it's fine, still. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.